Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen. We are in week number three of our winter revival. Hallelujah. Come on, we've had over 50 baptized in water the last couple of weeks. Three received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the 9 o'clock service. Over the last few weeks, several have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There have been people healed. It's been a wonderful, wonderful time uh, of great anointing. I'm so excited that Pastor Tony is with us today. He'll also be with us next Sunday. He was not able to be with us last week, but we had great church in here anyway. Amen. Wasn't it a great time? And I'm telling you, he's been a busy man. This Ever since you saw him two weeks ago, he's been to... Uh, He's been to Atlanta, he's been to Detroit, he's been to St. Louis, he's been to Chicago, he's been to uh, several other cities. Matter of fact, there have been more sightings of him than Taylor Swift sightings the last two weeks. Amen. <laughs> So we love Pastor Tony. He's our favorite evangelist, and we're so glad. Let's give him a good, warm, live church welcome today. Amen. Amen. Now, y'all look how good he looks. I told him, I said, man, you look like you're from Chicago today. Amen. So we love you, buddy. Amen. Thank I have. Amen. He saw me this morning at the hotel, and he, nobody's greeted me this way in a long time. He said, what's up, gangster? I said, sup, homie? <laughs> hey, man, it is good to be back. Man, this is really good for my self-esteem. Like, I'm going to take that and rip it off of YouTube and just keep that for the days when I'm struggling. I'm just, I'm their favorite evangelist. Amen. That's, man, I feel tall today. This must be what it feels like to be tall. Amen. <laughs> well, um, I heard you baptized like 10 more last week, and uh, <clears throat> this morning we had three more that said that they want to get baptized, and we had those that were baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time, and those that were refilled, and I just believe God's going to do it again, and I want to reiterate something that we said in the morning service. I think you're in a season of revival. I don't think it's just three or four services. I think this will last as long as you want it, as long as you'll, as long as you'll um, host the Holy Ghost. How about that? As long as, you'll, as long as you'll make room for it, I think this is a season of revival. And so I would keep pressing in. I wouldn't be satisfied. I would come back to the Lord and say, I'm hungry for more. I want to see more. And I believe your expectation is going to draw more from the Lord. So next Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. But um, what to, that, that thing's not going to be played till like 7, 8 o'clock. I mean, there's no reason why we can't invite people to the house of the Lord next week. Amen? And so... I would invite people and bring them with that expectation. Don't, don't say, well, hey, let's go. Hey, maybe something good will happen. Just get, build their expectation. Hey, if I can get you to church, if you'll come with me, I know God will heal you. Yeah. I know God will make a way. And build that expectation because that expectation, I believe, is where the miraculous resides. And so I just really believe that God's going to do something special today and also next week. And I want to encourage you, let's fill the house. And secondly, before I preach, I want to, I said it in the first service as well. I was, you know, we, the last time I was here, 
we had prelates and dignitaries and politicians were here, and that was wonderful. But what I loved is that you just kept having church. You were just you. You didn't you didn't clap different or worship different. You just had church, and we um, there was. You know, and, and not speaking specifically the lieutenant governor, but, you know, there's a whole entourage that comes. You don't know what anybody's going through. You don't know what you don't know what they've been through before they got here. But we created an atmosphere where I promise you that whole first row, they felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And she was she was pulled out of the service quickly to go take care of something at the Capitol. But what I love is that they were torn. Because we were in the middle of baptizing over 30 people, and they had that, they had, but they, they, they didn't want to leave. And so there was a witness in the spirit, and I just thank you all. This is, this is a great church, and you ought to thank God that God planted you here. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to go to the book of Genesis chapter 18, and I guess I'm going to go ahead and preach, because I've already said enough. Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 18. My kids were with me last time, and Gina was here. Well, some of our kids, three-fifths of our kids were with us. And uh, Gina was with us. You know, my kids, I don't know if you know this, but white sauce is not actually Mexican. I don't know if you know this or not, okay? In fact, nowhere, not only in Mexico does it not exist, nowhere else in the United States does it exist except Virginia. I don't know if you know this. What happened, see, what happened was... There was this Mexican restaurant. This is true. I mean, you Google, do, do your Google due diligence is what Sam Rodriguez would say. There was a restaurant that ran out of salsa, and the customers wanted something. And so this cook started throwing in ranch and horseradish and I don't know what else. And he invented that white sauce. And you can only get it in Virginia and select parts of North Carolina. And if you get too far up north in Virginia, it's not even the same there. They're just giving you flat-out mayonnaise. So... My kids that were raised in Virginia, they actually love that white sauce. And so I thought they came for revival last week. I thought they came because they wanted to move a God. All they wanted was white sauce. We had reservations at a steakhouse. And these people were like, Dad, we, need, we drove all the way, five hours. You should have heard them. We drove five. So they, not only did they get white sauce at the restaurant, but they conned Pastor Buddy into buying them quarts of white sauce that they took home. That stuff has been expired for a week now, and they're still eating out of that. They're praying over it. They're like, no germ shall prosper against me. They're still dipping chips in that white sauce. It's green sauce now, and they're still dipping. Their... So I just, <laughs> you just need to know that not everyone has what you have, okay? So. It's been a minute. Just thank the Lord for the white sauce. Amen. I don't know what they had to do with my sermon, but I just wanted you to know. Genesis 18. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? People get excited about all kinds of stuff. My kids, it's white sauce. Amen. Genesis 18. You should see them when we're in Mexico. And they're like, do you have a, a white, white salsa blanco? And they're like, what the heck are you? I'm, you can't say it from the pulpit. They say, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're convinced. All right. Genesis 18, and I want to read verse 22. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And uh, Pastor Buddy, let me know. I saw in those baby dedications, we got those babies the right version. We got them the King James Version. So you just, you keep your babies in that one. But um, this is what I can understand right here. This is the white sauce version right here. New Living Translation. Genesis 18, 22. 
The other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. I want to preach to you today from that phrase, the Lord remained with Abraham, and I believe the Lord is going to help us today. Father, I thank you for the house. I thank you for everything you've done in this house, the people that are gathered here. And today, we also thank you for white sauce. I ask you to move amongst your people today and use me for your glory. Speak through me and help me to stay focused on the word and not on white sauce. In Jesus' name, every, everyone said amen. amen. You can be seated. You know what got me nervous was Pastor Robin up here doing those baby dedications. She took the mic and the whole atmosphere shifted. Did you feel that? She got up and said, hallelujah. And I, some, I saw some of y'all quickened. I haven't seen you quickened since the last time I saw you on a campground. I mean, you all were ready for church. You don't need me. Just have Pastor Robin preach the revival. My Lord. Amen. I know who the bishop of this house is. Hallelujah. Got me nervous up here. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to preach to you from Genesis 18 and... Um, it's, it's, this is an ongoing conversation that I would have with the Lord. And I know a few weeks ago I preached to you out of Genesis 18 about Sarah's silent laugh. And when the Lord heard what she thought she did in silent. But if, you, if, if I were to lend you my Bible and you just turned at the beginning, my Bible would automatically turn uh, to Genesis 18. Because I just kind of park here. Uh, all the way from somewhere in Genesis 13, 14, where we're originally introduced to Abram before he becomes Abraham, all the way through this, the story of him and his wife and then his children, Isaac and Jacob. And I've been parked here trying to learn. And God teaches me new lessons from him every year. And I've stayed here because this is, this is the father of our faith. They write songs about him. You know it. And, you know, if I wanted to, you know, what is it called? Humble brag. I'd let you know I'm one of them. But so are you. So um, I, I, I've stayed there and I've dwelled there trying to learn from Abraham. And uh, if you want to be successful in life, you meet people that are successful in the areas of life you're trying to be successful. And you learn from them. Uh, you find people that have, a, that have that model family and learn about what are they doing as parents. What, what, are they, what, what, are, what are they instilling? What are the values in their home? You want to learn how to have a good marriage? Um, maybe don't go get advice from the guy that's been married a month. Go find the people that have been married 25 years or 30 years, and you, you learn from them. I remember uh, when Gene and I got married. Now, mind you, I had been married 14 years to my first wife before she passed away. Gina had been married almost 11 years to Corey before he passed away. So, you know, collectively under our belts, it's a lot of marriage. A lot of, you know, five kids, a lot of marriage. And so we had been, we got married in December and about five, six months later, I was preaching in Mississippi and the pastor asked me, he said, we would really like to book you and Gina to come back and do a marriage seminar. We do this big marriage retreat. We have, you know, a few hundred couples that come in and we just think it would be great if you all would come. And I automatically said, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll do that. Got the dates, put it in the calendar. Well, my calendar syncs uh, with my assistant and uh, with Gina and my mother because my mom likes to know where I am. And so I put it in the calendar, didn't wait for this, just put it in the calendar. And so it pinged to everyone. It wasn't about five to 10 minutes later, I got a text from Gina, call me. <laughs> so I called her. I said, hey, what's going on? She said, um, did you just book a marriage seminar? I said, yeah. She said, what, what are we going to do? I said, well, they want us to speak. They want us to, you know, like to preach and teach. She goes, ha. She said, we have no business teaching any marriage seminar to any people. She said, we need to attend a marriage seminar. 
<laughs> she said, but what in the world are we going to tell people after five months? I said, Gina, you were married almost 11 years. I was married almost 14. She said, yeah, to different people. She said, you and I are still trying to figure this thing out. What business do we have telling anybody? She said, but sign us up because we really need to attend. <laughs> it's now been five years. And she still won't let me book a marriage retreat or a marriage seminar anyway. <laughs> you don't go find the newlywed and ask them, how are you making it work? You go find the person that's lived through a lot of life and stuff, and you ask them, how have you made it work? People that have stayed married and, and through the tests and the trials of life. And so Abraham is a man, when you read the narrative of his life and everything he went through, yet was blessed. I want to know, how do you get blessed like him? And so my original uh, the genesis of my study of Abraham started in around 2005, 2000, between 2005, 2007. I'd gotten married. I'd had a child. And we started a church all in two and a half years. And I don't recommend that either. And it, life was tough. wasn't easy. And we were broke. You, we, it's like we couldn't make enough money. And by the way, my sermon is not about money, so don't get nervous. But we're going to receive an offering at the end of the service. So... We were, we were struggling, and, and we couldn't make enough money to ever catch up. And anytime we did get a gift and you thought you could get ahead, all it would do is kind of get us out of the hole. I remember one day I was praying. I'm like, God, I'm like, we need, we need help. We need a shovel. Now, mind you, I'm not faithful. I'm just going to be transparent with you. I wasn't faithful in my tithe. I wasn't, I wasn't good at, I was good at receiving. I wasn't good at giving. And so here I am looking for God to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I'm claiming all the promises and all the benefits of things that I'm not doing that, act, that, that, that activate the promises and the benefits. And I'm here begging the Lord to help me. I'm like, I mean, I'm so desperate. You know how you pray when you're desperate. I'm like, oh, God, I don't even have a shovel. Lord, it's like I'm digging my way out with a spoon. Oh, God. I mean, I'm just. And I had read about Abraham beyond you know, just I started getting into commentaries and and these historians about the, the life of Abraham. And then they this back in 2005 and seven, they said that if you could measure his money in today's money with today's economy, his estate would have been worth about three billion dollars. Now, if you use it with inflation and everything that's happened over the last several years, if you measured that in today's money, he would be worth somewhere between four to six billion dollars. So in the same prayer where I was claiming that all I had was a spoon digging my way out, I said, oh, God, bless me like Abraham. And I felt the Lord speak to me. He said, oh, Tony, obey me like Abraham. Because as much as we claim that he's the father of the name it and claim it movement, the truth is that before he was naming it and claiming it, he was the father of the hear it and obey it movement. There was things about Abraham that drew the favor of God to his life and eventually the presence of God to his life. And so I want, I want to learn how to have that kind of communion with God. I want to learn how to have that kind of favor with God. And Genesis 18, verse 17, God is speaking. This is God. This isn't Abraham. It's not Sarah. This is God, almighty God the creator of the heavens of the earth, he asks the question, should I hide my plan from Abraham? Now, this is normally 
us praying and saying, God, would you please reveal your plan to us, your ways to us? Lord, would you let me know what you intend to do with my life? But this is God asking, why should I hide my plan from Abraham? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. There was something about Abraham that caused God to want to reveal his plan, his purpose, and his will to Abraham. And if we're being honest today, most of our frustration is not knowing what God is doing, when he's doing it, and why we're living through what we're living through. You don't think 2015, 2016, for, you know, I've been coming that long to preach at this church. I lived through the loss of my father, the loss of my first wife. You don't think it would have helped me along the way to be able to have a sit down with God somewhere around 2015 and the Lord say, hey, listen, the next two years are going to be rough. But this is going to happen and this is going to happen, but I'm going to bless you here. And I know you're, you don't think you're going to be able to raise your kids alone, but I'm going to make a way and I'm going to do. Had I known that, it would have made things a lot easier. But the frustration of life is not just living through it, but not knowing what we're living through. But I would contend, and I'm not saying that it's always this way, but I would contend with you that there is a place in God. There is a place in the favor of God where God will reveal to you mysteries and God will preview things to you and God will prepare your spirit and in the moment you won't know exactly what's about to come, but God will start preparing you and God will start revealing things to you. I contend that there is a place in God called the secret place that when you get to that place in God, God will reveal things to you that you've never seen, never heard about. And rather than have to beg God, God will say, I want you to know. And Abraham accessed that place. So the first key is, how do you get to that place? How do you get to that place in God where God wants to come and give you his plan and his purpose? I think that's found in Hebrews where the Bible says that by faith, Abraham obeyed when God called him. By faith, Abraham, there was action. Faith is not just a feeling Faith isn't just a declaration. Faith is action. And Hebrews 11 and 8 says that by faith Abraham obeyed when God called him. And he left his home to go to another land so that God could give him an inheritance. And it continues on all the things he did by faith. It lets us know. So what that lets me know is that the way you live does matter. The decisions you make do matter. Holiness still matters in 2024. Righteousness still matters in 2024. And when a man's ways are pleasing unto the Lord, not only will he make his enemies to be at peace with him, but you will draw the presence and the purpose and the plans of God to where you are, and he'll want to commune with you. So I contend with you that if you're in a place where it seems like you can't hear from God and it seems like it's just utter confusion and no answers. The first thing I would do is not check God, I would check me. And I would look in my life and say, Father, if there's anything here that doesn't please you, if there's anything here that goes against your will, let that be the first thing revealed to me so that I can cleanse the house and make room for miracles. <laughs> Hallelujah. My Lord, nine o'clock didn't get this. My, my youngest, Zachary, had knee surgery 
uh, last year. We went through 17 months. He had had four knee dislocations, and, and they eventually had to do a surgery to, uh, to, to reconnect something with ligament. I don't know. I don't listen real good. But they had to reconnect a bunch of stuff. They didn't want to do the surgery because he was 13 years old, and so they were waiting and waiting. So after it was all said and done, it was about 19 months that we had to deal with all of this. When they finally did the surgery, now none of, no one in our house had ever gone through any kind of significant surgery. So I wasn't used to this. Before the surgery, the surgeon called me and said, I'm sending the nurse to your house to make sure that the house is ready. I said, for what? She said, well, we got to make sure that, that he's got, you know, room to heal. You can't say words like that to me because I get churchy. I don't, I don't hear that in a secular. Too. You start room and heal. I'm like, good Lord. I said, well, come on. And so the nurse came over, and so now I'm nosy. I want to know what is she looking for. So she said, all right, show me the room. And I said, okay, what, what room? Show me the room where the healing's going to take place. I'm like, ma'am, you, you can't talk like that and not let me have a catcher present because I will fall out right now. You can't, you don't know who you came at right now. We got glory glitter. We got Jerusalem oil in there. We got praise flags ready. Probably a shofar in the kitchen. Be careful. Come where the healing's going to take place. And I took her to the room. I said, this is it. She said, all right, we're going to need to move this. I said, oh, okay. You see, now you're going to decorate my house. Okay. So we moved this. All right, now we got to bring in this. And she went to the car and we had to bring this in. So we had to bring some things in that used to not be there before. We had to move some things out that were never there before. And I asked her, I said, what are we doing? She said, I'm making room for healing. This is where, and I'm like, I'm like, you get, and, and, and so I, I want to preach to someone and prophesy to someone right now that's at the brink of a miracle and to tell you that God brought you here like he brought Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans into a new place but along the way he said I'm going to get rid of some of this stuff and I'm going to instill some of this stuff because and if you'll obey what I tell you to do and if you do what I tell you to do I'll cause you to live in a place where you can have communion with me and you can hear my voice Someone needs to make room for a miracle today. Say, Father, whatever has been hindering my money, hindering my marriage, hindering my walk with you, I'm going to remove it from the room. And whatever I need to install, I'm going to install because this is going to be a house of healing. This is going to be a house of miracles. This is going to be a house where the presence of God dwells. In the Old Testament, they called it Bethel. Father, make of this place a modern-day Bethel where the presence and the power and the purpose of God dwells. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abraham made room. Abraham was willing to live a, leave a land that he had always known to go to a place he'd never gone before. There is a place in God that I would contend none of us have ever been to before. But it's a place of beautiful communion with God, but it requires leaving things. There is still a highway to God called holiness. And it requires leaving desires, tradition, culture, temptation, religion. It requires leaving some things behind to go to what he loves. And if you'll walk that place, God will take you to a land where you have never been.
been before. But when you do things for God that you'll do for no other, God will do things for you that no one else has ever done for you. And that's what happened to Abraham. He got to a place in his life where God said, I there's no way I can't tell him what I'm about to do. Not only am I not not only am I going to tell him what I'm about to do, I'm going to let him opine on what I'm about to do. Can you imagine having such influence with God that God wants to know what you think about what he's about to do? Now I know that sounds I didn't I'm not making theology out of it. I'm just saying. He said, "I am going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham said, yeah, uh, about that. Um, listen, I know you're God. <laughs> I know you're going to do what you're going to do. But if we found a hundred, would you spare it? Well, Abraham, you know, since you're you, yeah, I'll spare it for a hundred. Cool. What about 90? I think he's from Chicago. Maybe New York. Definitely Hispanic, the way he was bargaining. Cool. 90? Cool. What about 80? Abraham worked him down to 10. He had that kind of influence with God. I'm talking to some moms and dads in the room that need to have Abraham-style faith and lifestyle to say, Lord, I know what the polls and the statistics and the media are saying about Gen Z. I'm sorry, Gen, what are they? Millennial, all, all the, all, all the, I can't even keep up because they keep coming up with new alphabet letters or Character. I can't even care. Lord, I know what they're saying about this generation and the next one and the next one. But Lord, if I raise my family right, will you spare Virginia? Lord, I, I, don't, I can't contend for everything happening in the Capitol. But if Life Church does it right, will you spare the state? Will you spare the city? Will you spare the country? I need some Abrahams and some Sarahs to rise up in this hour because we're still here. Our children are still being raised here, and I refuse to let the nation be damned to a sinner's hell. My children need to live in a place where they can still hear the gospel. They can still worship freely. My children deserve to live in a place where they can still worship God in the beauty of holiness and in truth and in spirit. And I'm here to say, hey, God. Spare it for me. Spare it for my children. Lord, I haven't been living this way all these years just to watch it all fall apart. I decree and declare that as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And I believe you can have such influence with God that God will say for you, Abraham, for you, Susie, for you, Michael, I'll do it because I love you. Hallelujah. So there's this first, this first step of living a, a, a holy, pleasing, acceptable life to God that brings the favor of God. It was his decision making, his lifestyle that brought the favor of God. But then I go to verse 22 that I shared with you where it says, and the Lord remained with Abraham. I read that. And it really, I don't know, I, I don't know, and again, it might, I might be preaching just to me. But I read that, and it really caught my attention. What does it take for God to want to hang out with me, remain with me? And see, this is, so, the message of holiness is beautiful. 
until you make it performance based. And you start thinking it's more about you and less about him. But now I'm going to talk to you from myself because I read that and the Lord remained with Abraham. And my immediate question to myself is, what else do I have to do? I don't, maybe I don't pray long enough. See, it wasn't, it wasn't anymore about a lifestyle or the beauty. Now it was about the metrics. I wanted to measure it. Maybe if I pray one more day. Maybe if I fast, one more fast. What may, it, it, so now it's all about my performance and what else do I have to do? It's no longer about a lifestyle. It's no longer about the beauty. It's no longer about just pleasing. The, it's, it's me trying to fit. What else do I have to do? Because that's the way my brain thinks. It's just the way my brain thinks. I, it's not that the Bible put it in there. It's just it's the way my brain thinks. So I'm thinking, okay, I got to do, do something new. I got to do something extra. It's, and I'm trying to measure it. I'm trying to figure out what do I have to do to cause the Lord to want to remain with me. And I'm talking to the Lord about it and trying to figure it out. And one day he just speaks. It was so simple. Sometimes when you just hush, he'll speak to you in that small, still voice. When you, st he is a gentleman. He is, he will not interrupt you. He's not like Suarez on the phone. Be like, <clears throat> hey, real quick. He'll wait. And I would, I, I, I'd say that if you, if you could, you know, when we get to heaven, if, if part of the thing in heaven is going into the basement, and I don't mean that base, I mean, you know, heaven's base, going into the den, how about that? And they let you put in old home movies and you get to see what you used to be like from heaven's perspective. I think you're going to see a lot of prayer, prayer meetings where it's, Lord, I need this. And Lord, give me this. And Lord, I need your answer. And Lord, what about this? And what about that? Lord, I really, Lord, speak to me. Oh, God, speak to me. Lord, I need to hear your voice. And all the while, Lord, say, in Jesus' name, amen. And he's, because ah. we didn't give him a chance to talk. We didn't give him a chance to speak because we're doing all the talking and, 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 and we're trying to force things and we're trying to make things happen. And one day when I stopped trying to make it happen, he was just so, it was just so easy. And then when I said it, I felt dumb. If I'd be honest, I felt dumb spiritually. He said, Tony, what you're asking me to do for Abraham, what, what you're asking me to do for you, that thing that I did for Abraham, I already did it. He said, and not only did I did it, not only have I done it, proper grammar, not only have I done it, <laughs> but I did it better. He said, I came and visited Abraham, but I left. He said, but when the Holy Ghost was poured out in the upper room, he said, I made of your life the temple of the Holy Spirit. No longer do I visit you, but I have made of you my habitation. He said, I don't come from time to time. I dwell in you. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What, that, that, that should mean something to us today because that should let you know that everywhere you go, the Holy Ghost is going with you. Every decision you make, the Holy Ghost should be a part of that decision. Every trial you've gone through, the Holy Ghost was there. Now, someone would ask, well, if the Holy Ghost was there, then why did I live through that? Why did I go through that? But I would argue the opposite and say, had it not been for the Holy Ghost, the storm would have killed you. That problem would have destroyed you. That argument would have divorced you. And that thing would have cut, 
kept you addicted, but the power of the Holy Ghost was with you because the Lord remained with you. The Lord dwelled with you. Even when you were in rebellion, even when you made a bad decision, the Holy Ghost was there to pull you out of the miry clay. The Holy Ghost was there to pull you out of the pit. The Holy Ghost was there to pull you out of divorce, pull you out of bankruptcy, pull you out of a bad decision. And I think we ought to take a moment right now and thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. John 14, Jesus told his disciples, well, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. The Father is going to send the Comforter, and you know him because I've been with you. know him because he has already dwelt with you. I want to thank God that I've never been abandoned. I've never been forsaken. I'm not orphaned. The Holy Ghost has been with me. Oh, now I know how I made it through 2015. I know how I made it through 2016. I sure know know how I made it through 2020 all the way till now I have not been alone the Lord remained with me the Lord is with me the Holy Ghost is with me and if God is with me nothing stands a chance I pray that God would open your eyes to the truth that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world because the Holy Ghost is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead ladies and gentlemen that's what you got going on for for you right now. I know some of you are impressed by what credit card you carry. Some of you know enough about money that if you see a black Amex, you can know someone's financial. Yeah, I mean, you could read say, ooh, man, that, that, that one has a black card and this one has a that card. Well, I want you to know what I know about you when I see the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. When I see that, I say, ooh, that one has the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. If a black card can buy you anything you want, then the spirit of the living God can do any miracle, can rebuke any devil, can open up any. I'm talking about the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The same spirit that crept by those Roman soldiers and wiggled its way into a borrowed tomb and raised the son of the man, a son of man from the dead is the same spirit that's on the inside of you right now. And if that spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, he can raise your child out of an addiction he can bring you out of bankruptcy he can bring you out of the worst situation i think we got to stop again and thank god for the holy ghost hallelujah And I want you to know that if you don't have the Holy Ghost, it is the free gift from God to every human being. And if you want it, you can get it today. You don't have to tarry three years, three months. You can catch it in three seconds or in three minutes. I'm believing that God's going to fill a whole host of people today with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God's going to turn this church into an upper room like in the book of Acts chapter 2. And anyone that wants it can get it. I feel it flowing. I feel it stirring. I feel feel it burning. I feel the fire of God here. He wants to remain in you, dwell in you, abide with you. And if you've never had the Holy Ghost, today would be a fine time to catch it and never let it go. I need someone that has the Holy Ghost to take 10 seconds and praise him right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. He abides in me. 
he remains with me hallelujah he remains with that that night that you thought you were all alone the lord remained with you that night when you couldn't find the lord remained now i know how i made it this far the lord has remained with me hallelujah hallelujah so all that said you need the holy ghost if you've never gotten it today would be a good time to get it and i want to go ahead and take care of and dispel every rumor and every religious obstacle that's in your way preventing you i want you to know the baptism of the holy ghost isn't pentecostal doctrine it's not apostolic doctrine it's not charismatic doctrine it's not word of faith doctrine it's the promise of the father he said i'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and i want you to know in 2024 the baptism of the holy ghost isn't relegated just to pentecostal churches it's not just relegated to spirit filled churches but wherever there are hungry hearts the holy ghost is interrupting catholic masses he's interrupting baptist services presbyterian liturgy because wherever he can find a heart that is hungry for him god is sending the promise of god oh he's doing it right now i'm telling you he's here right now and if you want it you can have it what i'm contending for today is more than just a mere experience and manifestation of the spirit of god I believe in all of it. You don't, you don't want me to get into all of your thing I believe about the Holy Ghost. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kooky. I love it all. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in being slain in the spirit. I believe in holy laughter. I believe in running the aisles. I believe in huckabucking. I believe in the Pentecostal helicopter. I still believe in it. I love the power of the Holy Ghost. Gina tell you, you can't take me everywhere. I, I'll cause a scene. I like all the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But I'm not chasing the manifestation. I want the presence of the Holy Spirit. All these signs shall follow them that believe. But I want the presence of God. I want... Father, I don't just want a move. I want you. Now, I still believe that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I still believe that you'll speak with tongues as the initial evidence. I didn't say that that one thing is going to put you in heaven or hell because after you speak in tongues, you still got to live. And if you don't live a godly, holy life that's pleasing and acceptable unto him, you can talk in tongues all day long. But if your life doesn't, anyways, sorry, that's a little more pastoral than evangelistic. I'll leave that for after I leave. So it's not that, see, that's why we can't just chase a sign. You can't just chase a manifestation. But that does not negate the importance of the sign. I believe that today when we pray for you and God fills you with the Holy Ghost, I believe you will speak with tongues. I didn't say maybe. I didn't say just the, the boisterous ones. The outgoing ones. The introverts, they'll just wag their head. As soon as you show me where that's in Scripture, then I'll accept it. But there was a common denominator between Jew and Gentile when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They asked us, how do you know the Gentiles got the Holy Ghost? They didn't say, well, we saw them all fall out. And I believe in falling out. We saw them all spin. And I, 
don't believe in spinning as much now that I'm older and I get dizzy, but I believe in spinning. <laughs> they said, we heard them speak with tongues. That was the common denominator. You'll notice that as you study scripture, every time the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, there was always something unique to every outpouring, yet there was always something consistent. In Acts chapter 2, there was cloven tongues as a fire. Acts chapter 4, the house shook. There's these, and those things were unique to each one of those. But what was consistent is they spoke in tongues in every outpouring. Now, if he did it for them in the book of Acts, why would he not do it in Mechanicsville in 2024? So I believe that when we pray for you, there will be an, there will be an evidence, there will be a manifestation of you speaking in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives you the utterance. Now, I didn't know I was going to park here so long, but I'm here, so I'm just going to keep it going. When that comes on you, it might just be a few syllables today. I thank God for this family and all these babies here because I can just keep using them as an example. One of the things that I've really enjoyed in this revival is watching him with his daughter. Okay, I, I just, the stories and everything, I just, and, and I'm living kind of vicariously through, not enough to want a baby, because we got a lot. In fact, we got, I think we have someone that we're giving away, but I'm just, just that, that man with that baby impresses me, and you know, he's, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's got it together, kind of, you know, not in a bad way, he's kind of like a tough guy, you know, you could see that there, like, you don't really mess with him, right? When that little girl pops that binky out of her mouth one day and says, Dada, that dude is going to melt. That, he's going to be a puddle of tears. I don't want to give what television analogy I'm thinking about right now, but that, that's because I can't talk, preach about friends when we're in church because it wasn't holiness. But I'm just saying, that man, is, he's, the waterworks. If it happens in church, usher, stand by. He will fall out. He'll probably holy roll all over this. I'm just telling you right now. It's something about when that little creature looks at you and says those words, it, and he'll do that over two syllables, da, da. He'll, he'll have her ready, ready to write novels. Oh, my God, she has a way with the words. You should hear, she didn't just say da, da, like all the other babies. She enunciated, she, da, da, she put an accent on it. She's got Latin in her, da, da. Now, if she pops the binky out and says, Father, I've really enjoyed the accommodations you've made for me over the last... He'll fall out, but we'll need an ambulance because he'll have a heart attack. <laughs> because she has to grow in the language. I'm not expecting anyone here to pray. Now, when the Holy Ghost fell... I'm getting into... I, this is last service. I don't know why you all pulled this all out of me. When the Holy Ghost fell in 1901, that young lady that caught the Holy Ghost before anyone else, Agnes Osmond, she spoke in tongues for three days and wrote in Mandarin Chinese. That's the testimony. Okay? But I will tell you, I've had the Holy Ghost since 1988. I have never written anything in Mandarin Chinese. See, there's things that God does just like he did in the book of Acts chapter 2. There are certain things that are for a moment, but then there's the constant. So you're, as the Holy Ghost comes on you today and you speak in tongues for the first time or the first time in a long time, it might just be a few syllables. But you know what that baby's going to do after the first time she says Dada? Everyone around her is going to get her to say that until she finally says Mama for Lauren. I just prophesied which word's coming first. Hallelujah. <laughs> We'll find out if I'm a false prophet. 
You don't, you don't think that as soon as she says, Dada, Lauren's not going to be over there with the baby? Mama. Mama. Mommy. Madre. I mean, she's going to be. So what's going to happen is they're going to start developing a language. So maybe you only speak a few syllables in the Holy Spirit today, but every day you speak those things again. And you come and when you pray, you pray in the Holy Ghost and you're going to develop a prayer language and all of a sudden you're going to be interceding for things because Romans says that we, when you know not what to pray for, you pray in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost maketh intercession for you. It's like you're getting, it's like, listen, for the nerds in the house, it's like you're getting a code. And the only one that understands it is your heavenly father. Stop arming the enemy with the words that come out of your mouth in English and Spanish and whatever other language you speak. You walk around all week long. If he does it one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to divorce him. You got little devils taking notes. All right, make sure we get it one more time. But what if rather than you curse the marriage, what if you pray about the marriage? What if, beyond just pray, what if you pray in the Holy Ghost about that marriage? You're going to leave little devils confused saying, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what she said. I don't know what that's about. But your father's going to say, mm, I know that. That's my language. That's my code. I know you've been praying in the Holy Ghost. You've been dwelling with me. You've been in the secret place. And I know what you need. Here comes the blessing. Here comes the miracle. That's what the Holy Ghost does for you. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done because I want to pray for people today to receive the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit dwells with you and in you, it will guide you. It will direct you. It will lead you down paths of righteousness. It's a fountain of power. Imagine it. I know I've preached about Gina's grandmother here before. I know I've preached about the gas tank. Imagine it like the fuel pump of heaven. And every now and then, you need to go hook up and get a refilling. Every now and then, you need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. And by doing so, it'll empower you unto salvation. John 3, 5 through 6. It will empower you for profit. Acts 1 and 8, 1 Corinthians 12 and 6. It will guide you, John 16, 13 through 15. It'll teach you, Luke 12 and 12. It'll help you pray, Romans 8, 26 through 27. And Acts 1 and 8. It says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Amplified Version takes that word power and, and just um, it, it, it magnifies it to include. It makes you capable, it makes you efficient, and it makes you mighty. When the Holy Ghost dwells with you and you dwell in the Holy Ghost, there's not a stronghold that can stand a chance. And I would end here. Someone says, Pastor, I'm, Evangelist, I, 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 you don't know me. You don't know how messed up I am. There, there's no way. And see, that's condemnation. That's that insecurity convincing you that you're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. And I, I, you're going to have to hear me the, the rest of the way through. You're kind of right. You're, you aren't good enough. You aren't qualified but the Holy Ghost qualifies you. The Holy Ghost makes you more than a conqueror. It's because of the Holy Ghost in you that you now have access to the power of God. Would you stand with me in this house today? Here I was thinking that Abraham had something that I could never obtain. Only to discover that you and I have something that Abraham never had. He permanently 
dwells with us. Musicians, please come. My kids, <clears throat> they laugh at me sometimes, make fun of me sometimes. I speak in tongues anywhere. Anytime it hits me, anytime I got to pray about something, we'll be at school under my breath. But I'm teaching them that it's not weird to hear that language. It would be weird for them not to hear me speak in tongues. Now, I know I've used this example before, but I'm going to use it again because there's, this church has grown so much in the last several years. My father passed away in 2015. My dad and I, <clears throat> his English was limited. It was broken English. So when I really wanted to talk to my dad, I spoke Spanish. So cuando yo quería comunicarme bien con él, yo tenía que hablar su idioma. Upon my father's passing, I no longer really had a need to speak Spanish. So guess who doesn't speak Spanish? My children. Because they stopped hearing the language in the house. If the Pentecostal church loses its language and its sound, our children will never know the power. They'll never know the fire. They won't recognize the sound. And if there's one thing that concerns me, that drives me, that pulls at me, is that one day those five children that live in our house are going to give Gina and I grandbabies. And I hope there's a whole bunch of them. Not now. But way down the road. But what sometimes is like made me nervous, I'll be honest, is that I would hate for one of my grandkids to go on whatever is the YouTube of their generation and say, Grandpa, what was that funny language you were talking? What, why, it, what were you doing and why, why were you jumping? And what was all that about? Because if that question's ever asked of me, that means I let the language die. And when you lose the language, you lose the culture. The last thing that happens for a people group to die is they lose the language. As soon as a language dies, a people group, an entire people group will die. There are, there are tribes in the jungles of the Amazon rainforest that the language died and those people are no more. So it's not an issue about if God's going to keep... I want to host the Holy Ghost. I want, to ho I want to host it in a, in a way that my children recognize it, my grandchildren recognize it, and I want them, I didn't, I didn't spend this much time in the 9 a.m. service on this, but I want them to know the sound and the language. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues, and you want it today, he's here. If you need a refilling, there's nothing shameful about that. He's here. He'll fill you again. Since it's been two years since I've been here. I'm not dragging it on for the sake of dragging it on. It's because I, I feel, I feel a, a tug. Gina's grandmother has now gone to be in heaven. 
She was about 90 years old. I call her, affectionately call her Mother Carver. We were in a revival service in Elizabethan, Tennessee. And the evangelist said, if there be anyone that needs something of God, let him or her come. And here came Mother Carver on a walker, dragging her little body up there, feeble body. Mother Carver has had the Holy Ghost for over 66 years. Upon the time of her passing, it had been over 68 years since she'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Woman of God. And I would get with her, and I'd tease her. I'd say, Mother Carver, you probably speak in like four different tongues, don't you? And, she's, and she'd always have one of those, because she's, you know, Southern Belle. She always had one of those little lacy uh, hankies, little lacy handkerchiefs to, oh, Tony. <laughs> and then she'd look, she'd say, she's just cute like that. She says, you know, privately to me. She admitted, she's like, oh, yeah, I speak in several languages. So knowing that that lady was multilingual in the Holy Ghost, <laughs> I got to wondering, why is she coming to the altar? Being old and feeble, I just assumed she needed healing. When she got up, the evangelist said, Mother, what dost thou need from God? She raised her little hand. She said, Oh, I just need a fresh touch. It hit me so hard because I needed a fresh touch. But my Pentecostal pride didn't let me come to the altar. Because what would they think if I came? And I said, God, if Mother Carver, after 68 years, if she needs a refilling of the Holy Ghost, Lord, so do I. There are some proverbial Mother Carvers in this room tonight. You need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. You need a refilling from the fountain of God. You need to be touched in his presence like it was the very first time. And I say today is a fine day to dwell in his presence. So in a moment, I'm going to open up this altar for those that have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Or for those mother carvers that say, I need a fresh touch. And then I'm going to pray for you, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to make of this place its habitation. And I'm believing that many are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, before you come, because I know we're running out of time and we got a lot to do. Pastor Rodney, how many do you already got there ready to be baptized? All right. If you came today and you've never been baptized or you want to be rebaptized in water, if you're here today to be water baptized... Maybe you already signed up or maybe you're just making your decision now. But if God's moving on you right now to be water baptized at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Would you raise your hand? I'm looking. There's some. Now, I'm looking. Listen, I'm fishing. And I take my, I can't ever catch a fish in the water. But I can catch people that need the Holy Ghost. How many? You said you already had one that's ready. How many? My God. You, you know it's good fishing when you didn't even see them get in the boat. There's six. Hallelujah. Is there someone else? hallelujah is there someone else God's moving I'll wait on you this is about heaven or hell this is about life and death I wouldn't wait any longer is there someone else there's already six is there someone else wave at me if you're coming God bless you there's one more aren't you glad we waited is there someone else is there someone else I'll wait for you over here is there someone else over here is there one more over here all right don't hey you you keep your fishing pole this way in case we got to snag one more over here. God bless you, young man. Is there someone else? Someone else in this section here that's coming. That's seven with him. That's number seven. Is there someone else? 
Is there someone else? Someone else over here? All right. Thank the Lord for seven that are coming to the waters of baptism. Hey, the Bible says there's a party over one. We got seven that are coming to the waters of baptism. Now, I'm not baptizing today because I threw my back out two days ago. I'm here under the strength of the Holy Ghost and the help of about 12 ibuprofens. Hallelujah. I can stand, just don't ask me to bend right now. Hallelujah. But, so Pastor Rodney's going to be doing the baptisms, which also means they'll get done quicker today. Amen. Now, while they're getting ready for water baptism, hey, that water stays open. If God starts moving on your heart and you decide you want to get water baptized, you just make your way to that security guard with the sunglasses right there. You see him? He's the one block. He's the one guarding the gates to heaven right there. Hallelujah. And if you decide you want to get baptized, just tell him and he'll let you. And if he doesn't let you in, the guy in the red shirt, he'll help you. Talk to him. He'll help you get in there as well. Now, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost or you need a refilling if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to join me in this altar. I believe that we're going to leave today like Abraham and say, the Lord remains with me. If that's you, I'm waiting for you to come. One, two, two and a half. Don't, don't tarry. Three, come now, come now, come now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, look at them coming. Hallelujah, look at them coming. As you come, I'm going to ask you to remain standing if you can. There's more that are coming. There's more room right here. We're getting filled on this side. If you want to make your way, there's all this open space. Look, this young lady, she feels lonely. She's wanting some people to come pray next to her over here. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. There's more. There's more. There's more. I, that's... God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I don't want to push anyone to do anything they don't want to do, but if you take a few steps closer, that'd be wonderful. There's some people, there's always some people behind you. We want to make room for everyone. We want to make room for everyone. Hallelujah. All right, now just let me give you a few instructions and then I'm going to pray for you. For whatever reason, in this second service, the Lord had me to really focus on the language and the sound. Pentecost has a sound. On the day of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit came, there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. There is no sound in wind, ladies and gentlemen. The sound you hear is produced by what the wind touches. When the wind touches a tree, you hear the sound of the rustling of the leaves. And I would argue and contend with you that on the day of Pentecost, the sound is when the Holy Spirit touched the 120 that were in the room and they began speaking in other tongues. The Bible says you will speak with tongues. doesn't say you'll think in tongues. It says you'll speak with tongues. So when I pray this prayer, when I finish the prayer, I'm going to say, receive ye the Holy Ghost now. I want you to open, at that point, I want you to open your mouth and just begin to speak with tongues. Just remember, just 
Think of how a baby would do it, how a child would do it when they're learning to speak. You just speak it. Let it go. Listen, you got to have faith today. This isn't a science. Turn the analytical switch off. Turn the faith switch on. You just start speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance. And I believe he's going to fill a whole host of people today. Hold that music just a moment because I just, I turned and I felt it. Someone said, someone said, don't raise your hand. Someone said, he, the holy, the holy ghost could never dwell in me. I got this. I got that. You're, ooh, that's where he needs to dwell. Because when he shows up, that addiction, that sin, that sin, he'll push that thing right out. There, I want you to know there's nothing you've done that can cancel the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. He will dwell in you and make you a new creature. Darkness cannot reside where there is light. And when the Holy Ghost comes into your heart, it'll enlighten your soul and every bit of darkness has to flee. So I rebuke condemnation off of you right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the lie of the enemy that tells you you're not good enough, you're not qualified. I say it has to go. Now I'm going to pray over you. When I finish this prayer and I say receive you the Holy Ghost now, you're going to open your mouth. You're going to begin to speak with new tongues. Worship team, you get ready. As soon as I say now, Pastor Rodney, you just baptized as the Lord leads you to do it. Would you raise your hands with me in the presence of God? Those are your Holy Ghost antennas. Hallelujah. We're going to make connection with the Father. Father, I've preached your word as I believe it to be true. As I believe that you've promised it to all flesh. And I ask that you would pour out the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues and a manifestation of fire today. I pray that you would pour out the Holy Ghost upon everyone that has come to this altar. And yea, even those that are watching across the country that are hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, confirm it in this house and let it be known by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Be faithful to your word and do it here today. Upon the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost now. Come on, open your mouth, let it flow. If you have the Holy Ghost, help me pray these people through. If you already have it, come on, help me pray them through like someone pray Jesus. Help me lay hands. Help me lay hands. Help me lay hands. Help me lay hands. Help me pray him through. Help me pray him through in the gift. 
already have the Holy Ghost. Come help pray some of these people through like someone prayed you through. Come help me create an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost. I'm asking some of you to come forward and just help me pray with people right now. No one should be praying alone. No one should be alone right now. Pray over them like someone prayed with you. And let's just pray people through right now. Let's pray marriages and families through to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's some ladies here that need some prayer partners. There's some people over here that need prayer partners. I need, hallelujah. Even if I, even if you got to leave the praise team to help pray. Well, I just need people helping us pray. I need some people helping us pray. Let's pray this, let's pray this whole house through to the presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's keep it going. I sought the Lord.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's someone here that hasn't been baptized and you saw this, I mean, God's moving. We thought we had six. Now we're at nine. If there's someone else, you let us know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming up a new creature. Hallelujah. That's hey. why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord. And he heard. And he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard. And he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard. Rodney, but is there someone else? I just want to make sure. Is there someone else that wants to be baptized that didn't come in the first in the first call? If you're here, I'm waiting on you. Just wave at me and let me know. You don't. You can't. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You don't know. Is there someone else? I'm waiting on you. All right. All right. I want to pray for our children. What? what which direction is the children's church or children or Sunday school or it's that way? I had to learn that, you, you heard me talk about my dad, I learned that language as a child. Those children need to learn the language of Pentecost. And I feel that part of this revival is going to be what happens in that children's ministry. And I believe we're going to start getting reports of dozens of children being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So if you have a child up in that Sunday school, in that children's ministry, I want us to start. I want some of you to stretch your hands towards there. And then let's just start. Father, I ask you that you would touch the children and the student ministry of this church. Send revival to the youth. Send revival to the children. Let it be like it's prophesied. Let this come upon young and old. And I pray that a spirit of revival would just come upon the young people of this church. That it would be said that it's not just contained in the sanctuary, but in the Sunday school rooms. When the youth gathers, the students gather. I pray that this would be a multi-generational move of the Holy Ghost. And while we're at it, Father, send it upon the Spanish service as well. Be que cuando ellos se reúnen esta tarde que haya un bautismo de fuego que venga sobre ellos en el nombre de Jesucristo in the name of Jesus let all of God's people rejoice and praise him right now come on hallelujah I trust the Lord and he heard and he answered I trust the Lord and he heard today I want to speak a word of encouragement to you you don't always get it the first time you pray for it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you doesn't mean there's anything wrong with God amen 
I want to encourage you to just continue to seek that gift. Continue to seek that blessing in your life. How many of you who received the Holy Ghost, you did not get it the first time you prayed for it? I want you to shout amen real loud. See, there's a mighty cloud of witnesses, amen? I prayed for it for a while before I received it. And for whatever reason, God knew when the time was right, and it happened to me. And I'm telling you what, it changed my life forever. August 1, 1982, my life was changed forever. And I'm still thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost in my life today. Amen. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to keep praying for it, keep asking God for it. How many did we have baptized today? Nine or ten? There was a bunch of baptized. I want to ask this question real quick. If you did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time, why don't you raise your hand real quick? I don't, nobody's going to harass you. I just want to see how many it was. One, raise your hand high. Come on, we got one. I'm looking for more, for more. Two back here. All right, amen. They said one came out of the water of baptism speaking in other tongues. Amen. That's at least three with nil. Two, four, amen. There's at least four. Come on, that's seven to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. Eight. Wow, praise God. To God be the glory. Folks, here, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be quiet. People want what's happening right now. People want it. People want the power of God in their life. If I'm going to go to church, I want to go somewhere where I can feel the power of God in my life. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.